The Crate, thanks to friendly neighbourhood record store, Southbound Records. Morning, Troy. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Excellent. What are we, what are we talking about today? Let's, uh, let's hit this uh, first one here. This is groovy. It's not Kamal Williams. No. It's not a million miles away. No, it's not dissimilar. What we have here is a record recorded in Brazil in 1976 uh, by a group called Marcos Resenda and Index. Cool. Now, why this is not your regular reissue it's because it never came out the first time. Okay, so it's the first, first issue time. of this. So there was a, there was a Marcos Resender album came out in 78, and it's one of those sort of uh, uh, a particular kind of person likes it yep. and uh, proud that they're the only ones with it, that kind of thing. <laughs> I got you. But uh, this one here, now, Marcus Resender must have been, I think he was acquainted with Joe from Far Out Recordings. Joe lives in uh, 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 Lisbon in Portugal. But um, Joe had bugged Marcus for years. I know you did a first album that didn't come out. I know yeah, you yeah. did this first album that you were going to put on CTI. It didn't come out. And eventually, uh, Marcus Resenda let him listen to it and then said, OK, we'll finally put it out 45 years down the line. So he's still alive, I'm assuming? He No, he died in uh, December. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, they'd finished working on it together. They'd, like, gone through everything. Mm. Um but yeah, he, he died in December, so oh, he didn't get to see this record come out. That's such a shame. But what a good legacy to leave, a brand new album. Yeah, brand new album from the classic years, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. So Marcus Resendo was a, a, obviously was a Brazilian man that uh, uh, played keyboards. Now, okay. he had, he moved to Europe in the early 70s and like was involved in some, some various things, prog rock. Yep, and, you uh, can hear a proggy sound, I think. Kind proto, of Proto-prog. And, and, uh, and jazz in Spain and everywhere. So what he did is when he came back to Brazil, it appears that he bought like a Prophet 5 and a Mini Moog and, you know, an arsenal of, of, of keyboards mm. and uh, decided he was going to make a music, not that it was a fusion of anything, but that was taking all of his experiences and other music, pouring it into one thing and having this, what we're hearing now, come out the other end. And part of the reason that it didn't come out at the time is he said that he, he had offers, but nobody appreciated the work that had gone into uh, into uh, the background of it. I see, I see. No one knew his artistry. Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't... Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. But it's cool, and... Uh, yeah, this is really interesting. It's quite, um... The structure is hard to follow, but I don't say that in a like a negative way. It's a really interesting thing. Yeah, it's not uh, avant-garde or illogical or no, anything no, like no. that. But... but it is unexpected. Yeah. Now, it's a, it's a quartet, which is perhaps even more unexpected when you hear that there's flute and sax and everything. It's one dude plays uh, all of the uh, reed instruments. Now, who is Marcos in this lineup on the back of the album here? Which one is he? He's the one with his legs crossed. And the big moustache. And the big moustache. That's Marcos. He's got a great head of hair. He looks like your 70s Brazilian disco poster boy, to be honest. It kind of does. If you the, could see if him if doing the night Marcus fever. If there wasn't a Marcos fail already, he could be the poster yeah. boy. <laughs>
This is awesome though. So how many tracks are we talking about here? There is six tracks on this. This is ten minutes long, so they're nice and they, lengthy. They, they stretch out. They do their thing. <laughs> and four people, who are the other three? Are they just session musicians? Are they mates of his? No, the, the Index was actually a, a quartet he put together and they worked really hard uh, together for a few years. Um, when sort of not much came of it, that other album that, that I mentioned... Um, wasn't really in print for very long. Right. Uh, Marcus went on to like do session work for people like Gal Costa and uh, 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 a load of like big Brazilian, yeah, yeah, sort of uh, Brazilian pop music stars and everything. But he never went back to doing uh, doing his own quintet thing, quartet thing. What do you think, Tess? Mm, jazzy. 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 Do you hear what I mean about the uh, Kamal Williams sort of vibe? Yep, I do. So if I brought this in and said to you, here's a brand new record recorded last year in February. I'd have believed you, yeah. It, it does sound like it's really contemporary, right? Do you reckon Kamal Williams is one of those guys who has the original pressing? Of the other of record? Of the other record? Yeah, probably is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this track is called Martina. It is by Marcos Resenda and Index. And it is beautiful and beautifully long, so I'm going to politely segue into our next track. Yeah, hit it. What have we got here? Out on the porch. Oh, relaxing. This is cool. Now, a lot of people are going to recognise uh, this tune already. Let's have a mid-city fiesta with your West LA connection. Hop inside the vehicle, start crossing intersections. We learning life's lessons while we blaze the cerebral lessons. A man was still a child and I have so many questions. Struggle all my life to evade the misconceptions. Who are we listening to here, Troy? This, of course, is The People Under the Stairs. From 2002, this is a record called OST, original soundtrack. Nice. 2002. Yeah. This is news to me. I don't know anything about this. About People Under the Stairs? No. People Under the Stairs, uh, it was a duo. There's one who some people may have heard of, and, and Double K, and they were kind of committed to the uh, early ethics of, of hip-hop production. Whereas it was they would they would search for samples and, and breaks ones that you know on obscure expensive records, uh, and they would rap about what they knew. Now, what these guys knew wasn't gangsterism, wasn't uh, wasn't uh, 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 the pursuit of cash. It wasn't any of the things that around the time were were seen as reality rap. These guys basically just talked about their lives and. I don't want to say their lives weren't particularly interesting, but their lives were like most of our lives. Right. So that's what um, their sort of vibe was, people under the stairs. Uh, they recorded everything in their house in um, central LA, in, in the city. This one here, uh, what's this one called? Acid Raindrops. Acid Raindrops. Acid Raindrops. On the inside of this record, in the blurb, the first thing they talk about is quite a long blurb, almost like a mini novel. It talks about um, 
in 2000 when everyone thought computers were going to self-destruct. Oh, the Y2K. And Y2K. <laughs> all their digital masters of this album were on a computer. So they were steadily waiting for New Year's to come to see if their digital masters would crack up self-destruct. They recorded everything on ADAT back in the day, which is a, a thing that looks like a VHS cassette. This has got a great cover. Spoiler alert things did not self-destruct. No, fortunately, because it means we still get the masters of this very cool record. What do you think? That cover is actually taken right outside the house where they recorded this. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. I could have guessed that, I think. It's got the duo standing on the street, boombox on the shoulder, looking cool, a lot of palm trees, a lot of big, wide LA roads. Someone texted in saying that this is in their top five hip-hop albums in their record collection. Nice. That shows taste. It does. Now, I don't don't mean to be the uh, harbinger of doom or anything, but (laughs) three weeks ago, Mike, the guy, uh, Double K, the guy with the... um, the boombox boom died. Oh shit! Yeah, not a good, not a good morning for the lifespan of these artists you brought us. No, but uh, this record, um, it was kind of controversial when it came out. I don't even remember what the controversy was. They might have said some stuff about about particular critics, and I can't really remember. But I remember the uh, uh, stores like Fat Beats refused to carry it, and, and a lot of people was. I don't know what I don't know what the controversy was. I don't remember. I remember just that there was some. Maybe that texter remembers. If you know what the controversy was, let us know. Five three nine five. This is awesome though. So is this a re? This is a reissue. This is yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, they'd worked. Uh, they'd, the uh, the uh, inside liners that uh, Tess was talking about. It's uh, all written last year by Tess One. Um, talking about, I haven't read it yet. That's pretty cool, though. I think, I think often when you you get a reissue or something, the thing written inside it is by somebody who was either associated with the group or maybe is like a label exec or something. And they're usually cool, but it's pretty special to have it written by the artists themselves. I think. Yeah, they, particularly when it was the artists who like actually did everything. They recorded it in the house, did the whole whole deal. Um, that's mean. Really great to see this uh, back again. There was their last their last ever album. Uh, sincerely, the P came out. I guess it was two years ago now. Wow, that, okay. that was a big seller in the shop, and I, I think people are going to be wanting this one. Is that on the shelves, or will that be up on the shelves very soon? Uh, if it's not there, it will be there uh, this morning. Cool, and uh, I imagine that might be a get-in-quick situation with that one. It could well be. Now, Another. We go back to 1984 now. Nice. And this one here is uh, recorded in New York by a Japanese bass player and his group. Shintaro Nakamura is the bass player. And this is the Shintaro Quintet. This is nice. Yeah. What's the first thing that stands out about that cover to you? The very first thing. Bunch of kids having a good time dancing in a puddle on the street. Okay, I thought that wouldn't be the first thing you noticed. But oh no, is it the kind of like diagonal OB strip? It's is the that diagonal OB strip. <laughs> so they've, uh, um, BBE uh, in their JJ's series um, have reissued this with such attention to detail. Cool. Um, including that 
diagonal obi strip which no one really knows why it was done at the time because when it came out on a small Japanese label called Street Noise, uh, the, the guy who ran that, I think he just designed it. Oh, I think I'll put it to Agnum. It does look very cool, I have to say. Works with that picture of the kids in the puddle. Yeah. Too. So this says it's Street Noise and BBE. Is it a collaboration? Well, I, I, I don't think Street Noise exists anymore. Right, OK. Um, but, I mean, they've, they've done it right from... They've taken it from the original masters. They've got permission and everything. Yeah. And uh, they've translated the liner notes on the inside, as well as Shintaro uh, writing a big piece himself about Mm -hmm. how he came to be in New York and why he was playing with um, Japanese people in New York, as well as a Japanese-American, as well as an American-American. There is a a great picture of Shintaro playing the upright bass on the back. Oh, doesn't he look cool? Yeah, he's deep in the moment. It's very cool. This music has sent me into a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, in my definitely. kitchen, really making a coffee. Yeah, don't it's you good think? He- good headspace. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, sun streaming through the windows. Cats lay out in the lounge in the sun. How many? I don't know. A few. As many as can fit. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> so the Shintaro, like I said, this is 1984. Of course, at the time, uh, this sort of acoustic jazz wasn't uh, really in vogue. Although Winton Marcellus and his new fundamentalist uh, kind of mentality were, were sort of on it, on their way. Nice. But th- this is where, uh, you know, when you think of what Miles was doing at the time, for example, with all of the synth mm. pads and uh, uh, the funk and everything, and then you listen to this, it's like, oh, this is different. Yeah, this yeah. is awesome. Modely composed acoustic jazz. But it's a really killer record. And is this one on the shelves now? Or will it be out tomorrow? No, it'll be out on the shelves today. Fantastic. It might even be there now. Um, it's a. It's the, what they've done also in the pressing of it. They've um, split it into two, so it's a double forty-five. Sick. So it sounds really great. Do you want to hear um, the uh, some of the liner note on the back here? Yeah, go on then. Today we are hard to find out the true jazz spillets in Japanese jazz scene. A tide of commercialism makes it difficult to keep a pure spillet of jazz. Rock and roll. Okay, so they haven't changed... Uh, They've just uh, kept it as it is. Yeah. That's exactly pretty awesome. That. I really like that. This is um, a beautiful one to hold and a beautiful one to listen to. The Shintaro Quartet. What's the name of the record again? Quintet. Quintet, sorry. Quintet. Evolution is the name of the record. And uh, some of you are going, I've heard of Shintaro Quintet because I've got that first BBE J Jazz comp there with the go. song Blind Man about Woody Shaw. Yes, you have. And so he played in the Woody Shaw band. I he was did. reading on the back. He did play cool. with Woody Shaw um, and uh, the drummer studied with Philly Joe Jones. So there's all sorts of connections. But... Uh, in the guy from Street Noise Records, in his written piece inside, he's talking about, um, from the original notes, he's talking about uh, the idea of stateless music in that um, it doesn't matter whether you were from Thailand or Japan or New York City or whatever, if you knew the music and you came together to play the music, Mm. the music was outside the bounds of any nationality and ethnicity. It was stateless. That is very, very nice. So Shintaro Quintet, before that, who did you bring us? Before that was the people under the stairs. Someone yeah. texted in to say, caught them live at Fubar, they ripped. Oh, there you go. Nice. OST by uh, People Under the Stairs is now reissued. And we started with um, a first time ever release uh, from a 1976 recording, Marcos Recenda and Index. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Troy. We'll see you in the shop. Okay.
From the crate, thanks to Southbound Records, 132 Simon Street.